Hi, welcome to your podcast, The Running Station. I'm your host, Dr. Neeraj Satnalika. In the third episode, Introduction to Running, we have with us Jay Bokum. Jay brings a highly varied and successful background that has allowed him to find success coaching runners from the middle school to the Olympics. Let's hear from the expert directly as he unfolds the basics of running. Over to you, Jay. Hi everyone, my name is Jay Bauckham and I'm a running coach coming to you today from Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona in the United States. And I'm coming to you on behalf of the Bajaj Alliance Puna Half Marathon that's coming up in December. And my goal today is simply to either get you excited about running, keep you excited about running, or maybe reignite an excitement that had been there about running and maybe, you know, isn't there at the moment. Um... And at the same time, I want to lay out some points today that, in all honesty, should probably be and hopefully will be the subject of their own discussion, but just to get them out there and get you thinking about them as you think about what running means to you and how you want to approach it and what you hope to get out of your running. Um, And as we talk about running, I think on the one hand, it's very funny to, to talk about the idea of how to become a runner because the reality as humans is that running is very much a part of our DNA and very much a part of our history. Um, Running is an activity that enabled our ancestors to survive. Um, In some cases and in some parts of the world, running enabled people to eat. And in other parts of the world, it enabled them to avoid being eaten. Um, And as such, it it is a critical part of being a human. Um, And it's just not something that we we do as much in our day-to-day activities maybe as we did at one time. Another thing I want to say about running, particularly for those of you who are thinking about becoming runners, maybe you've, you've not really been into running in the past, but it's something you want to try, it's something that looks interesting to you, it's something that you feel could benefit you physically, um, is that running and becoming a runner is very much like quitting cigarette smoking. Um, they have a lot of things in common. They also have a lot of things that aren't common to the two of them, but today I want to focus on what they have in common and maybe help you understand why they're both difficult. Um, Like quitting smoking, running, and becoming a runner is not easy. And there's a good chance that it's not going to work on the first attempt. We probably all know people who said they were going to quit cigarette smoking. And they did. And then they didn't. And then they did again. And then they didn't. And it goes on and on from there. Um, But hopefully, eventually, they do find that magic. And it's the same way with running. We know people who they start running... And then something comes up, and they stop, and then they start again, and they stop. And our only hope is that maybe eventually you get over that hurdle, and it becomes a meaningful and regular part of your life. Um, And the reality is that, like quitting cigarette smoking, running is something that can be great for you physically. And if you can make it happen, it's totally worth the time and effort that's necessary to do that. Another thing, for those of you who are thinking about getting into running, or maybe getting back into running is the importance of getting in a routine and then growing from there. You know, you don't need to start out running 8 or 10 or 12 kilometers every day in order to become a runner. Um, Several years ago, I had a serious mountain bike accident, and I injured my knee pretty badly. And when I wanted to get back into running, my first month didn't involve any running at all. It involved getting in the habit of getting up in the morning and getting out the door and going for a walk. And from there... That grew into running, and that got me back into racing. But the reality is, if I hadn't established that routine, I never would have gotten back into the running. So get in the routine, and then worry about what comes next. Just find a way to carve out time, 
to look at your schedule and make time for what either is or will become your running routine. And then physically, look at yourself and say, what do I want to get out of running physically? Am I looking to lose weight? Or am I already at a pretty optimal weight, but I want my body to become more capable of doing the things I want it to do? Or maybe like a doctor that I work with in clinical healthcare here, maybe you just want to run so you can eat everything that looks good. Uh, If you ask him why he runs up to 25 kilometers in the morning before work, he'll tell you quite simply, he loves to eat. And he knows that if he were to do only the eating and skip the running, his health would decline. So he's honest. You know, it may not be the greatest reason to run, but at the same time, it's better than not running. So when he goes to run and then he comes back and eats a whole handful of cookies, for him, his running did what it was meant to do. So physically, what are you asking for from running and what are you willing to give running? Progress slowly when you start running, or when you resume running, or even when you decide to move to a new level as a runner. Enthusiasm is one of the best and one of the worst things that you can have as a runner. As a coach who coaches clients all over the world, I coach people from six hours in the marathon to two hours and 10 minutes in the marathon. I have clients who have run 27 minutes for 10K, and I have clients who run over 27 minutes you know, for 5K. And for each of them, if you try to rush the progress, you will eventually get injured and then you lose all the progress you made. So have enthusiasm, but have common sense and progress slowly. Another thing is don't go crazy with the running gear. Now for the retail store owners out there, for the manufacturers of running products, I apologize for saying that. But initially when you get into running, Don't go crazy with the running gear. If you go and run your first 5K or your first 10K, and then you decide you need to buy six different pairs of shoes, one day you're going to look and you're going to see those shoes sitting there, and you're going to realize you only use one or two pairs of them, and the rest are just there to make your husband or your wife angry towards you and bitter about your running. So don't go crazy with the gear. Find one or two pairs of shoes that you really like, Find a couple of good pairs of shorts or a tracksuit that you're comfortable running in. And then get a good watch. And make sure that it's you know just a watch that's appropriate to what you do. Maybe it's even just a timer on your phone, but something to help you keep time. Maybe you want a big fancy GPS watch, and that's okay. Personally, right now where I am with my running, the only reason I wear a watch is so that I get home in time and I'm not late for work. I don't want it to tell me how fast I ran. I don't want it to tell me how far I ran. All I want it to do is make sure that I'm not late for work. So don't go crazy with the gear. If you stick with running long enough, you will have every opportunity to get every piece of gear, every fancy gadget that you want, but don't go crazy with it at first. Another thing is that strength training is essential if you want to become a better runner. And this can be different things. It might be weight training at the gym. It might be body weight exercises like push-ups or lunges at home. Maybe it's yoga. Um, Yoga is a fantastic way to build strength in a way that's also gentle on your body. And for those of you that are in India, you have a great tradition of yoga. Take advantage of that and make it a part of your routine to make you a better runner. And this next t- the next item I want to touch on, it, it might be challenging for some of you guys, and that's sleep. But it's essential. And it can be difficult. I coach clients from all over the world, and I have to be honest that my clients in India seem to be the ones who struggle the most with sleep. You guys are in an exciting time in India where the economy 
is going through all sorts of different things. And there's opportunities for people who are willing to work long hours and put in the hard work. But that can be a barrier to becoming better as a runner. So you have to find that balance and get sleep when you can. Because if you don't get enough sleep, eventually your body will fight back and your running will suffer because of it. And then find the kind of running that makes you happy and what is available to you. As I mentioned, I live in Grand Canyon National Park. For people who want to run trails, it's fantastic. We have almost unlimited access to some of the best trails in the world. But if I wanted to be a track athlete, it would be a terrible place to be. We have one small, very poor dirt track here. It's better than what some places have, but if I wanted to train as a high-level track athlete, it wouldn't be an appropriate place for me to be. For trail running, on the other hand, it's hard to beat. So find the running that makes you happy. That's the best thing, is there are so many different types of running. There are races on the track. There are races on the road. There are races on the trails. There are races in the mountains. Some people just like to run on the treadmill. Whatever makes you happy as a runner is the right type of running. You don't need to get in an argument about, oh, road running is better than trail running and so on. Whatever you like is what you need to do. But you also need to be reasonable about what's available to you. You know, if you lived at the Grand Canyon, you probably wouldn't want to be a track athlete. And if you live in the middle of a major metropolitan area, maybe being a trail runner isn't going to be the easiest thing to do on a day-to-day basis. So find what you like and find what's available. And then account for your lifestyle. Don't plan big races when you're going to have a busy season at work or when it's really, really hot. Um, Where I live here in Arizona, we get a tremendous amount of snow in the winter. And the Boston Marathon is in April. And for people in our community who want to train for the Boston Marathon, it's a terrible place to be because it's you're going to have several months of heavy snow that you try to train in. The New York City Marathon, on the other hand, in November is fantastic to train for where we are because our summertime weather is beautiful. And basically from May until November, you can be sure you're going to have perfect conditions to train every morning. So for people in our town, it makes a lot more sense to choose to run Chicago or New York or Berlin, and it makes very little sense to try to run Tokyo or Boston or some of the springtime marathons because our weather's horrible for training during those months. So be reasonable about your lifestyle and your location and set training goals that are consistent with that. And speaking of goals, be reasonable about your goals. Um... These days with social media, it's really, really tempting to say, well, I need to run this race or that race because I saw that all these influencers told me they're going to be there. And yet, maybe you don't have time to train for it. And so you end up going to this marathon and you run the first half of it wonderfully. And then it just becomes this incredible act of suffering to get to the finish line. And while it might be heroic, it's not optimal. Um... And it's more fun to execute one when it doesn't make you just feel like you're almost going to die. Um, I have a client who I've been coaching for four years now, and he's never gotten any faster since I've been coaching him. But what has happened, and he runs the New York Marathon every single year, is that he's gone from reaching the finish line and going back to his hotel room and laying in the bed because he can't move. And now, after the marathon, he goes out with his friends and family and he has a wonderful time. And he told me that was his goal was to train so that he can still run the same way he used to, but now it doesn't take a toll on his body. 
So set reasonable goals. His goal was not to get faster, but to get fit to the point where the race didn't kill him. Um, so don't let necessarily what everybody else is doing dictate your goals as a runner. Um, set goals that, that fit you, that fit your lifestyle. And in the coming days and weeks, as we talk about other things, don't be afraid to ask questions and go out and look for information. There are good sources of information out there. There are bad sources of information out there. And we'll do our best to point you to some of the good ones and steer you away from some of the bad ones. But at the end of the day, learning about running and becoming a better runner is what's fun. It's what's enjoyable. So don't feel like there's only one right way to do it or that the goals that everybody else has have to be your goals. Find what makes you happy and let it become a bigger part of your life. I thank you guys so much for your time. I'm excited about the coming days and weeks and even months to talk to you guys about running and maybe to meet some of you there and really help running become something that makes your life better. Thanks.